Uh, well, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. How to go the first round? Everybody's still here, which is good, which is really good. Because <laughs> if it was empty, I'd go home. No, out they go. That's funny. Since since I brought that up, uh, <laughs> Kristen talked about waking up two, three o'clock in the morning, right? Last night. Well, I got woken up about three in the morning too, and I had to make this really hard decision. It was like, well, do I roll over and really try hard, focus on going back to sleep, or do I start thinking? Well, I started mm. thinking. So, you know, 5.15, when I had set the alarm, well, forget it, I was already awake, it didn't matter. So I had this whole thing all rolling around in my head. But then it was interesting because I hear this, I hear God say something to me. He said, um, you know, um, for those, it, it is much harder, much more of a commitment for people to actually come to a free conference than it would be if you paid for it. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. No, come on. If you paid for it, it means like you feel obligated to come. But if you signed up and it's free, like, look, if you walked outside today, pretty nice, right? Like, I might be at the beach right now. In fact, there might be 50 people that are supposed to be here at the beach, right? So free means like I'm really committed to hearing something God has for me today, different mm -hmm. than what I might have expected. So mm -hmm. I'm Steve. This is Colleen Adams. We are thrilled to be here. Um, we just a couple years ago, God called us to vision uh, and to begin a ministry entitled Embracing Brokenness. Now, what does that mean? Uh, it means what it means. <laughs> what it says. Like every one of us in this room have experienced some level of brokenness in our life, right? There's something in our past, whether it's when the Bible calls it wounds, um, sometimes we hear to, it referred to as traumas, things that happen to us around us, um, making bad choices, uh, and things happening as a result of that, PTSD, <laughs> okay, from a 33-year failed marriage, pretty tough, mm -hmm. when your wife walks out and says, that's it, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, thankfully, God brought me a new start <laughs> a few years ago, and, and my commitment to him was far beyond anything else. So the brokenness is all just part of our journey. And what do we do with it? I mean, that's the, the really hard question sometimes. So we're going to talk a little bit about the path that brings me back to you. And that's a scripture we'll see in the Passion Translation as we get to it, which is a, a verse that we've really grabbed hold of as a ministry and said, ah, well, we got to come back. Like, we're, we're going to wander. We're going to drift. It's just inevitable. Like, I, I walked down the aisle at, when I was nine years old, 1966. Oh, now you can figure out how old I am. Uh, and, and it was like, this was it. I'm here. Like, I'm, I'm definitely in. Like, I got my ticket to heaven. I'm good, right? Now I was young. I didn't really know what that meant. I jumped into the Word as much as I could, but boy, did I drift all over the place since then. So the path that brings us back is the one God has ordained for each one of us, and there is a vision in that. Uh, so it's okay, like it's just part of our story, it's part of our past, it's part of who we are, and it's okay because those broken places can be healed by Him. And so we want to talk a little bit more about that today. Your, what you have in front of you is, is the slide deck. If it goes the way we did last time, we won't get through it all, <laughs> okay, um, which I guess is understandable. What yeah. you also have is that supersized uh, postcard there, which will, which will lead you to all kinds of links in social media, a bunch of free content on our website. Uh, we are kind of in the middle of a book project right now. There's a lot going on. 
and especially with my wife, who will tell you in a minute, who works full-time. God has called me to be more full-time in the ministry. She's still um, working, actually, at Water Street Mission and leadership team. So there's just a lot happening, and you'll, you, probably a lot of you can relate to that. So just go on, check it out, and, and if there's any questions, come by our table and say hello. We'd love to, 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 to chat with you. Uh, there is an email sign-up over there. I'll make these, this deck available in PDF form for you, and if you're interested, you'll get an email and it'll, if you want to follow our blog and our website. So mm -hmm. all that to be said, um, I'm going to have Ms. Colleen kick this off mm. and tell us a little bit more about what's happening. So mm. go ahead. Okay. So we have a picture up here I'm going to explain to you in a minute, but I would say um, one of the things that was characteristic in, of Steve and my life before you heard... Um, I actually am married to Steve. Steve's uh, best friend through his growing up years and through his college years was my former husband who passed away four years ago. And so interesting, in both of our journeys, um, God had really done a lot of healing in our lives. And both of us were raised in the church. Um, we heard a lot of things like personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but I can't say anybody really taught me how to do that. Um, so for about 28 years of my Christian journey and more similar to his, we kind of did a lot of things going, it's about us, God join us. Um, and there was a major paradigm shift at different points in our lives where we were like, wow, there's a place where God, we're supposed to discover what God's doing and join him. And understand the context of our days and the purpose that he has directed is the context of a much larger story. And so um, our ministry is about really embracing those broken pieces to really get to the true self you were created to be. Uh, in the scriptures we hear hidden away with Christ, um, I think that is our true self. Coming out of Genesis 3 in the fall, most of us got pretty fractured. Um, we became very self-centered people. The choice we made that we all make every day to bite the fruit in the garden was one of, I know better how to run my life, God, than you do, okay? So there's, I mean, a lot of ways you can look at what sin was, but the bottom line was we did exactly what Lucifer did and said, you know what, I know how better to run my life than you do. And we've been living that out. We live it out in the church. Unfortunately, most people don't even call that out because we don't understand how to get into that relationship with God. So my journey about 14 years ago, um, going through a marriage that was falling apart, a, a husband who uh, was a Christian 14 years in, relapsed to alcohol, and had some pretty severe brain changes as a result of that, and then I became caretaker for him um, for about a nine-year period before he passed. It was a difficult journey. Many times I would say, Lord, I want out of this. Like, get me out. My journal's full. Like, and other people would say, oh, in the church, I had pastors, not at the church I later, I ended up leaving the church I was at to say, you have grounds, he has abandoned you, you have grounds for divorce, I'm going, no, I'm in covenant relationship, and God promised me that if I stayed in covenant, he was going to teach me how to love that man back to God, and three weeks before he died, he came back to the Lord in a powerful way. So in my journey, one of the things I said, you know, Lord, like, I hear people talking, and I think they're kind of crazy, but they talk about... I can dance in the heavens with Jesus every day when I wake up. And I was like, wow, that's really fascinating. Like, you know, I read my Bible and read about God, but I'm not sure I've ever danced with Jesus. And that sounds a little freaky. And people would say, I run through the flower fields every morning. And when I see a flower field, I just run through it. And I feel like Jesus is there. And at some point I said, you know, 
I've been doing this Christian thing, run youth groups, run prayer teams. I mean, I've done a lot of doing for God, but like, I don't feel like I'm running through a flower field, nor do I want to. I think that's really crazy. But for about two years, I prayed, Lord, if it is possible for me to have a cup of coffee with you, like I do my girlfriends, that's an important thing. If I invite you to coffee, we sit down for coffee, man, that's it. And so I'm like, if it's possible that you can be that real in my everyday life, like I want that. I will now tell you I'm a freaky person who has danced with Jesus in the heavens, and so I'm one of them. But, um, and so the reality is of the intimacy with the Lord, the Lord used it to help redefine me and actually bring me a husband who I was never marrying again. But one of my prayers was when God said, you're going to marry again, before my first husband even died, um, I was like, man, if he doesn't love you crazier than he could ever love me, he shouldn't even notice me. You know, if he has not walked a healing journey where he really gets his true self, you know, and so there were a lot of things I laid out to God and said, this is what I have to look like. My life is going to be poured out because the vision that God gave me was to use my brokenness to heal other people. Like somebody hasn't joined me in that, they're not going to do ministry with me. And so it was interesting that the path to understand the purpose that God gave me was actually a path to intimacy with God and then using the intimacy with God to actually define my true self to really discover who I was. Because we're all posers, guys. I mean, y'all probably feel like an imposter. Our identities are hijacked. We're all posers. We came out of a garden in Genesis 3, and we came into a very safe world we didn't understand because of our own choices, and the warfare was great, and we created masks and ways of being in a world to get our own needs met. And so, as we're walking through this, and I'm going, God, you know, my whole journey of intimacy, God gave me a vision about 16 years ago. I loved Hebrews. I loved reading about the specifications of the temple and how it was all constructed. I didn't quite understand why God was in an ark, a couple places out from the commoners, and to get into the ark, you know, one person could go in once a year, perfectly sanctified. There was a veil that kept even the high priests away from God because, and it was so thick, you know, if you think about the size of this thing, it would probably take a team in Lancaster County, we can refer to eight horse hitches, eight horse, eight draft horses hooked up to this thing and pulling could probably not move it. That's how substantial the veil was. And the reason God said, I want to be with you, like he comes out of the garden, he didn't abandon us. He's like, I want to be with you. He's like following us in a cloud, be with me, be with me, be with me. In an ark, be with me, be with me. And then Jesus comes and restores us so that we actually can be with him. But it was so dangerous for us. We would fall over dead if we were in his presence. And so I was just fascinated by this whole ark thing, by the fact that you know the priests who went into the Holy of Holies had to have something tied around his waist because he wasn't sanctified perfectly. He went in there, he fell over dead. Well, no one else was going in to get him, so you'd have to pull out the dead body. So I was like, this is crazy that we can't be in the presence of God. And yet in Genesis 1 and 2, we walk with him every single day in a beautiful relationship where all of our needs are met, our purpose is defined. He clearly commands us, you are made in my image, take my image out to all the world, go forth and multiply it. We have purpose. He brings the animals to Adam to name them. And naming in the Hebrew back in that tradition was it will become what you name it. 
I often say I'm glad our golden retriever wasn't called a lion because I really <laughs> love golden retrievers and I didn't want to get bit. So, I mean, it's amazing how important our purpose was. But the interesting is the context, context of my life goes into that greater purpose. It has to go back to Genesis 1 and 2. And so we have to really get who is God, who am I, and we have to go back. And so the vision God gave me is a painting that hangs on our wall. It's actually one of three um, pieces of artwork that have, are actually core to our ministry. And that is when Jesus gives us his spirit, you know, Lord, into your hands I commend my spirit. And then there's a great earthquake and the temple falls apart and the veil tears. We step back into the Garden of Eden. And I wonder how many of us actually live that way. And so when Kristen like asked us, would you guys come and talk about vision? We're like, yeah, in the context of embracing your brokenness, finding your true self and vision truly coming, not from God, here's what I'm doing, join me. But God, let me see what you're doing and let me join you, okay? And so um, important thing to kind of get us started. Along with that though, everything we, we talk about is based in the word. It has to be. That's our first, that's our go-to. That's where we go. God gave, mm. showed himself to us in his word. Anything we, he wanted us to know is all right there in black and white. And so as we started to think a little bit about um, this idea of embracing our brokenness and identifying the false beliefs that each mm. one of us have about who we are and who God is, quite frankly, we have to get to a place where we're willing to go back and examine mm. ourselves and if you can see in highlight here, the path that brings me back to you. Okay, that's why we entitled this little talk that. So I'm just going to read it. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking mm -hmm. on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways. The path that brings me back to you. Anybody wants to read the Passion Translation, it is pretty cool. Once in a while, it really enlightens mm -hmm. us to what God's trying to say to us. And so the path to bring me back to you would assume something, wouldn't What, what does that assume to begin with then? <laughs> and we aren't always there, right? In fact, I'm not so sure. There are days, I'm not sure if there's any day that goes by that I probably don't somehow veer in my mind. But see, it's not about performance, so we can't, we can't look at it that way. It is all about relationship. So, so relationship means that we've got to be vulnerable. Like We've got to say, oh, Lord, come on, help me. Like put Sift through all my anxious cares. I have a bunch of them, and they're going to stand in the way of who you defined me as, the, my true self, my little kid. Like I love the image of Jesus. You ever see him sitting, on the, you know, sitting down and the little kid's on his lap? and Like that's us. We're just little kids, and he just wants to, like, hang out with us. But we have him in this sort of, like, little big box. I mean, I grew up very fundamental beliefs. In fact, I don't even think spiritual warfare was a category for me growing up, and until probably about five or six years ago, it still really wasn't much of a category. We got to talking about Jesus, you know, wandering off after he's baptized into the, into the desert and fasting for 40 days and, and Satan, you know, coming on him this way. And we kind of like, well, let's gloss over that. And now next, you know, so wait, well, why is that even there? Like, do you think that we live in a world where that doesn't exist? So I think we, we get sidelined and sidetracked 
and, I, and, and it's so important to just get rooted and grounded in a place mm. where God can really, mm. really nourish our soul and he can change our paradigm, he can mm. shift our thinking to see him as that God of love, not the God of fear. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's oddly enough, there's been studies on this in the Christian church. Baylor did one back in what, 2000, 2006. 2006. Baylor University studied Christian. The Christian, people claiming to be Christians came up with phenomenal numbers. You would not believe this, but 72% of the people surveyed saw God as a God of, as distant, as authoritarian, as just like sort of, you know, just can't be in touch with him. Only 20, there was a small percentage, not that added to 100% because there was some indifference, but like 23% saw him as a God of love. What does that say to the way we view God and the way we view our relationship with him? If we can't get settled and see him for who he is, how do we get quiet and really hear from him? How do we vision? How do we dream big yeah. inside of our own self if we can't get settled and understand who God is? So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, I wonder how many of us actually believe that God has a blueprint for our lives, for every single one of our lives, you know. Um, and so as a starting point, did God actually create you and create a blueprint for your life? And the second thing is, does he want to reveal that blueprint to you? Why didn't he just hand it to you at birth, you know? But I love the scripture, before I placed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before, before I place you in your mother's womb, I counted. I knew every day that was created for you. Guess what, guys? Before he placed you in your mother's womb, he knew we were all going to sit in this room together, that we were a part of each other's path. Like, God is the ultimate planner of planners. And so it's incredible. And so some people say, well, why didn't he just give me the blueprint back then? Well, you know what? God is a relational God, and he wants us to be driven to him. And I do think... We probably would be overwhelmed if we actually got the plan, had to live out the plan that he had for us, you know, and we do all kinds of twisty turnies on our own away from the plan. But the reality is God has a blueprint. And, you know, from our journey, I think one of the things I realized was, God, here's what I'm doing, God joined me. I have no idea what I was doing in terms of, you know, he was going to use it all to get me to the end point, And he's used all my crazy making along the way to get me to where I am today. And I still have crazy making yet to do. But the reality is, now I'm going, Lord, let me sit quiet with you. Let me quiet my spirit and quiet who I am to hear from you. Who am I? And then to understand more of the roadmap um, of, okay, this is what you've called me to. This is what it's going to look like. I trust you, Lord. I'm going to lay it down. Um, and so, important. Words be, have, do, I think so many of us, this is so true in the American church and American culture, we are doers, we like to do. Um, I think it's amazing to me in my Christian journey that, uh, you know, Christianity was defined as I have to get up and do, read my scripture for, you know, well, I mean, 15 minutes was a bare minimum, but probably a half an hour was really good. And then I had to go through my prayer list. And on my prayer list was everybody's mother, sister's brother who I had never met. But, of course, good Christians running prayer teams go through all those things, you know, because God needs volume to change his mind about stuff. And so I was doing, and, you know, outside of being an administrator in my early career that was probably a 55-hour-a-week job, I ran the youth groups, I ran prayer teams. So I was a really good doer. 
And the reality was I came to a place, you know, again, where I'm sharing, like, I don't even think I know who God is because I was so busy doing for him. Totally missed having a relationship. The song Cats in the Cradle, if anybody remembers that song. I love to take that song in the context of God and go, you know, everybody's so busy they don't sit in relationship. Cats in the Cradle at the end of the song, the dad who's been so busy he misses the son grows up is sitting back going, hey, can you spend some time with me, right? And son's too busy to spend time with him now. Son desired that relationship all along. I look at God and think, is he up there going, wait a second, like you guys are too busy for me. He doesn't want us to do for him, okay? Out of the context of being, God's like, man, you might be able to light it up. You know, I told you in Genesis 1 and 2 what I created you for. I put you in my image. I want that image to be spread throughout the world. And so I gave you incredible purpose to say, I made you in my image. It's an image of love. Go spread it. You know, I mean, it's a command. And then the fall happens and the image is shattered. And to even do what we are commanded to do, to be part of God's story, you have to have the restoration of the image of God. Well, guess who the surgeon is to put back together the image of God? The Holy Spirit, God himself. And guess what? He's not in an ark behind a you know, veil that had to be torn for us to be in his presence. It's inside of me. So how do I sit in the presence and the quietness without all my, be or all my doing to let God actually do the surgery? on all the things that have hurt me, to glue me back together so I actually stand as the light we were talking about this morning, okay? So we would say that the context of visioning has to come first from learning to be with God. And when you be with God and he's able to restore and he's able, we're gonna do an exercise for him to just whisper to you about who you are. Um, and that may be a little foreign to some of you. Some of you may be, yeah, I sit with God and my true self is really revealed through that. Um, we're going to do an exercise for God to start to reveal that. But out of that revelation of who I am, all of a sudden the pieces start coming together. That blueprint starts to become clearer and clearer and clearer. Oh, Lord, this is who I am. Here's the skill set you truly gave me. Not what I've used to get my needs met in the world, but who I truly am. This is how it links up to the bigger story. And now I can vision and say, oh, let's get going, okay? Being, there are times we get busy doing, and I actually, at Water Street, one of the things with my staff all the time, I say, guys, we do a lot of ministry. It's like good stuff for God, right? But if you don't, if it doesn't come out of your being, stop. Take time off. You will burn out because this is not about us. It's about God. And you have to get filled up to be overflowing and other-centered led to give it out. Guys, we're very self-centered since the fall. We are not capable of other-centered love unless God is pouring it through us. Mm -hmm. And so our posture of being with God becomes extremely important. And he is not going to give us, go duplicate my image throughout the world, if we don't even know how to sit with him to get filled up to get restored so we look like him. Okay? So vision has to flow out of all of that. Um, skip that one, baby. Um, to know yourself, you have to know God. Um, Steve actually mentions, you know, I do think there's an identity crisis in the American church when we don't define God first as a God of love. We actually know a lot in brain imaging um, in the last 10 years about our brains. And actually, when the fear center is activated, our prefrontal cortex is not active because we're going into fight or flight. The only place you can sit quiet with God is actually when your prefrontal cortex, when you are in a relaxed state, sending out more happy chemicals. 
I think it's a crazy thing that Satan has fooled the church into believing that God is a God of fear, that most of us have concepts of God that are about fear because our brain actually moves into a state where we can't even sit quiet with God and be defined. Like Satan wins, that's like a really powerful thing. If we do not move back to God first being defined as a God of love, we are in trouble. And so we have to explore the concepts. We do some stuff. I do think we have some videos up on our website just about exploring that concept for you and how do you even understand what your God concept is. Um, because through the lens of love, you are created in love, for love, by love. In the lens of love, you can understand a lot of other things about the Bible. And there's some of the scary things like words like discipline and you know God being angry. But if you do not get him as, a, as first and foremost love, those things rule your brain about God and they, they actually ruin your ability to be intimate with him. Okay, And so knowing who God is, is important, knowing who you are is important. We are going to jump to an exercise um, to actually let you start to explore true self. Um, but really, visioning that doesn't come out of I am a child of God, I am a you know, prince, princess of a most high king fully with all the power that the kingdom has to offer in Jesus, not because of me. We actually, you know, our dreams are going to be pretty small. But understanding the context of heaven and coming in alignment with that actually is very, very powerful for us to actually dream big and to advance um, the kingdom of God. So while Lisa hands these out, we're going to do a little exercise. Hopefully for some of you this doesn't get too intimidating. I don't think it will be. We're going to be quiet. It's hard to do. I get it. Mm -hmm. For just a few minutes, and we're going to examine this peacock feather. But we're going to ask the Holy Spirit, actually, to examine this peacock feather through us. And so we're going to just be quiet, silently. I'm going to pray for you. And, I'm, and, and this is an exercise that just says, Lord, I want you to open my eyes to who you say I am. What do you have for me in this feather? Just, you know, like 60, 65% of people are visual learners. Right? So God wants to meet us in our minds and our imaginations. And so the Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray for you that he will enlighten you and illuminate you to, to this exercise, and you get to keep the feathers. Okay. Father, I just ask you now that um, in this moment that you'd send your Holy Spirit, that you would, in, in this time of quiet, in our own thoughts, Lord, that your Spirit would enlighten us, that you would illuminate us, that you would show us something just in the simple feather, something that you've created, a part of your creation, Lord, that is just beautiful, reflecting who we are, Reflecting who you are, Lord, just speak to our hearts. Help, to us, help us to see you in a different light. I pray it in your name. Amen. Since you're joining us after the workshop via either video or audio podcast, I'd like to encourage you to just pause the recording at this point. And just maybe take a walk around the house or a woods nearby or a park and just ask God to show you something in his nature, similar to what our guests in the workshop were doing by examining a peacock feather. Examine what God shows you. Pick it up, look at it top to bottom, ask the Holy Spirit just to come into the moment and show you something very specific about either who he is or who you are, your true identity in him. But just take the time to really enjoy the moment and process with him because it really is about visioning with God, but without a personal, intimate relationship with him, 
it gets really, really hard. Encourage you to take your feathers. Well, you get to keep your feathers. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> if you don't throw them away, give them to somebody else if you don't like your feather, because people like love peacock feathers for some reason. <laughs> At any rate, encourage you if this is a new experience for you to sit um, in anything with God's creation and say, Lord, what does this reveal about me? What does it reveal about you? I would encourage you to actually keep your feather um, and go deeper with God. Just take some time, take 15 to 20 minutes is what we usually do this exercise with, with people, and um, just ask him to reveal, what does this reveal, but what does it say about you? Because the true self inside of us um, is the hidden away with Christ. It's what God created us to be. We have been posers for so long trying to live and get our needs met in this world, coming out of the fall in Genesis 3. Oftentimes we don't, A, know who we are, and if we believe there's a true self and a false self, which is the way some of this language goes, the reality is there are many aspects of your true self that are a part of your poser, but they can be corrupted by sin. Um, and so it's really funny. One of the things recently, um, we did an exercise, and I have been a very judgmental person in my lifetime. I look at people and make a judgment. I hate it about myself. Now at least I don't act on the judgment. I pray and say, Lord, forgive me. So it's like stuck inside. But I'm going, man, Lord, don't you want to like turn me into a person who doesn't judge? Like this is a really awful thing that I notice imperfections in other people. And it was so funny, if you understand who God has called me to work with, um, the least of these, it was funny. God said, no, no, I made you to notice the imperfections. He said, because the beauty's in the imperfection. And I have made you to notice the imperfection. That is the, you know, the false self, the worldly self, he said, because I've called you to pray out and call for spiritual identity. And I'll notice the imperfection, and 30 seconds later, I see the beauty of people who the world has really thrown aside. I'll walk by a person very broken on the street. We don't go to any city on vacation, and there's a homeless person who's kind of tucked down in, and what I'm going, I got to go over and pray for them. Like, I just want to <laughs> go talk to them. They, like, I just want to love on them. Well, I see the imperfection, but God has called me to say, yeah, you know, the world just threw that person away. Get over there and call forth their spiritual identity. That's not who they are. And so even sometimes in the things we don't like about ourselves, we'll find there may be a connection to the true self. And God does a paradigm shift for us to say, oh, this is why I gave this to you. And I need you to shift it because in the kingdom, it looks this way. So don't throw it away. Don't reject it as part of yourself. And then there's this other crap that has nothing to do with who we are and God really wants that thrown away because he's like, I can get, take that from you. It's not part of your purpose, but it really does kind of train wreck purpose. Um, I'm feeling like for this group, we should say something about feels like exercises to get to the true self may be really important for some of you. You know, God reveals himself through creation. He's very clear. No, man does not have an excuse because he's everywhere. If you take notice of something, in creation where you're like that was really a really cool sun sunset that was really neat the way the light just came through those trees as i walked through them i can't believe my puppy just gave me a kiss and i felt a certain way feels like god is just really wanting to draw you closer into his heart don't call things coincidence say okay i'm going to take that i'm going to put it in my journal i'm going to write it down and i am going to sit quiet you can put some worship instrumental worship music on in the background or just sit quiet be with god don't try to find a scripture about it. Just be with God and let him start to reveal to you things, aspects of himself, but also aspects about you. It just feels like he's really wanting to do something here. So pay attention to those places just like that feather and always stop and take it back to the Lord and say, what are you trying to reveal?
And the progressive review at times can be months and years. I mean, look at some of the greats in the Bibles. It took a long time sometimes for vision to come to fruition, which means it took a long time for God to reveal even the purpose that some people have. And so I would just really encourage you to do that. Well, and, and we call sometimes the things that uh, go past us as coincidences, and they're not. We call them God kisses because once we notice, because he's not like he's not here. Mm -hmm. like he's with us all the time. Mm -hmm. and so things happen around us. The little butterfly that falls, flutters in front of you. Yeah. We have a little feeders in the backyard, and this one taught me all about birds. I call her Dr. Doolittle. She loves everything, bird, you know, animal-wise. So I never know anything about a bird. I just know they flew until I got married to her. And all of a sudden, I can tell you everything that's on our feeder in the back. And then the little chickadee comes in, and he starts talking to me. I go, look, it's a chickadee. Like, I just sent that little chickadee to say hello to me, because they love people. So like, there are so many things that you can learn just by noticing, noticing God. Uh, and there's also things that stand in the way <laughs> of vision and noticing who God is. How are we doing over here, Lisa? Good, okay. So I just, <laughs> got the word again. and this is something that has really been heavy on me these last couple weeks. Um, my daughter, who's 34 years old, got married uh, a couple weeks ago. And one of the things that um, was kind of sad very sad for me, um, you know, having been married to my high school sweetheart for 33 years and having her decide at, at some point that, this, that she had enough and off she goes. And so, um, you know, we were kind of the three amigos, right? So I have this, I'm an only child. My previous wife was an only child. We call that the first administration. <laughs> and then my little girl. So I'm walking her down the aisle at 34 years old. And I just realized, like, this is not the way it was supposed to be. Like, like, I'm not supposed to be sitting next to my first wife. I'm supposed to be married to her along with my little girl walking her down the aisle. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for the last couple of weeks, it's been, like, really heavy, like, on my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just sort of this darkness, this veil. And, and I know what God's called me up into. I mean, this is, the, this is the gift of a century here, of a lifetime. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, poof. To be able to work with the homeless and, and individuals who are extremely broken, she's brought me into the kind of into the ranks, so I volunteer there on a regular basis. This is the coolest thing ever. I mean, just like you and I've made a few bad turns, it's just, you know, it's it's crazy. But so that heaviness was just been on me, and I knew that as part of what we were going to do here today, like God wants me to just share with you guys, like there is so much suffering in the world. There are so many things that we agree to that aren't what God calls up in our true identity making agreements with the enemy, okay? The, real, the guy that really wants to hassle us. Mm. We, resignation sets in and we go, oh, you know, like, what's the use? Like, there are times this week, you know, like, why am I doing this? Like, this is crazy. Like, this much, it'll be much easier. I wouldn't have this hanging over me if I just, like, let me just, can I just go back to my other way of life? And then I'm like, then God grabs my heart and he says, no, 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 I got a rescue for you. Catch my heart, Lord, that's my prayer. Like, catch me. And, and then God's vision starts to come back, and I'm like, oh, I get it now. So understand, there's a lot that can stand in the way of this. We have to understand that enemy mm. who's really, really got it in for mm. us, okay? Mm. Don't discount it. Mm. I wish we could go longer. We are going to do some follow-up. Um, you can sign up on an email list there. Come yep. see us in our, in our, at our, we'll be standing around the tables here and there. Uh, go to our website. We got a ton of free content, media, YouTube channels, Facebook, Instagram, all kinds of things. We're trying to encourage you to embrace your brokenness, and that means there's a lot of different th parts of that. So 
Join us you, in the You do have some questions. You'll notice we didn't exactly go in order of the slides. There are some <laughs> questions to kind of sit with God on, on true self and even bringing visioning into that. That's in your slide deck. So. It is. So connect all kinds of ways. We got a podcast. We got a, there's all kinds of good things going yep. on. So thank you all very thank much. Thank you. For joining in with us today. Thank you.